Hello, friends. This is Pastor Ryan from Rocky Face Baptist Church, and this is the Preacher's Recap. And I want to thank you for listening to our broadcast today. Now, in Season 3, we're talking about sermon recaps and getting a little more deeper into the text itself. And I'm so thankful that you've listened. Uh, our text today is found in Acts chapter 13 and verse 12, where the Bible says, Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. I preached a message a few years ago entitled, What It Took to Get Sergius Paulus. You know, that sounds like a great Hollywood movie title, doesn't it? Some great person, some mysterious person, some uh, person that seems like it uh, seems impossible to get saved. And I want to tell you, friend, there's a lot of people that we know and don't know, that we just feel like they just seem too great, the sin is too big, they've gone too far that they can't get saved. I was talking to a fellow just today that he told me that he was absolutely amazed what God has done. He said that God has saved two people in his family that he thought would never, ever be saved. And I had the privilege of leading both of those people to saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today... There's a lot of things it's going to take to get that sinner to get saved by the grace of God. Now, it is the grace of God, and He does all the work. Don't misunderstand me. But there's a lot of things that God uses to get the attention and draw the convicting power of the Holy Spirit into their life and uh, to show them what it took. So here's a message that I preached to our church, what it took to get Sergius Paulus. He is that deputy that when he saw things that were done, he believed. He was astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. So we're going to look at the text here in Acts chapter 13 and see what it took. Number one, and that's from verse one, it took the church. The Bible said in verse one, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean when they had brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. It, I just believe in the local church. I am obviously an employee of a local church, but I am very pro-church. I'm not against parachurch organizations. I believe they do help the church, uh, but I believe in the local church. Not only do I believe in supporting it physically by my attendance, I believe in supporting it financially with my resources. And I believe that we ought to spend a lot more time at the house of God. You know, we always talk about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, that says that we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But it says there we ought to do it more and more as we see the day approaching. And so, friend, there's going to be some more church that we're going to have to go to and be a part of and be invested in in order to get that surge Paulus that we know. And it may take us to do some extra work and come in early and sacrifice and serve and pray and, yes, even fast to see what God would have us to do. But it took the church, and that's what we see in the Scripture. Number one is the church, but it also took the calling. And I see that in verse 2, verse 4, and verse 9. In verse number 2, I see that this calling came by the Holy Spirit. They were separated by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. And so there's got to be a calling in a separated life from the Holy Ghost in order to get Sergius Paulus. Friend, I'm telling you, if your church is cold and dead and God's not moving and people don't even come to the altar to pray and uh, folks are just kind of in the motion, they're playing religion, they're playing double cards, 
telling you what they need. They need a good dose of the Holy Spirit of God. God to shake up their heart, and it all starts with the preacher. And if you're a preacher today, and you're listening to this message in 2022 or even 2040, and Jesus Christ has not came back to redeem His church, there's still time for you to get into an altar somewhere, a prayer closet somewhere, or out to a patch of forest somewhere, and pray God on some things. You're going to have to start sacrificing food, and you're going to have to start sacrificing time and energy and commitments because it starts with you. These preachers, they were separated by the Holy Ghost. They were called of God, and because they were close to God, they could hear the very voice of God. And so they're separated by the Holy Spirit, but I see in this text they're also sent by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 says, So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. So when you are close to the Holy Spirit and you are filled with the Word of God, which is being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we are going to be sensitive enough to hear the prodding and the speaking uh, and the leading of the, of the Lord in our lives. And so it doesn't do you any well trying to go in your own strength and own power. But if God sends you, you have got a messenger before you. You've got help above you and you got support around you. And so these fellows here, they were called by being separated, called by being sent. And I love this. In verse number nine, this calling also shows me that they were strengthened by the Holy Ghost. In verse number 9, the Bible says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. And so they've been separated. That's, that's holiness there. That's sanctification. That's a work of uh, God cleaning us out, making us whole, making us pure, making us holy. And then he sends us out to do his bidding, to do his work. And then we're strengthened by that. And I love that about the work of, the, uh, of a preacher, of a work of a Christian, really, is that uh, you can feel overwhelmed, but you'll feel that in your own strength. But when you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God, he will direct us. And so my point is, what did it take to get Sergius Paulus? Well, it took the church, but it took the calling. And friend, that's what we need today. We need to have more Holy Ghost teaching and singing and preaching and let the Lord do it. I mean, it's, it's the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. Let Him lead. Let Him guide. Let Him speak. Let Him draw. So it takes a calling. Number three, it takes the commission. The Bible says in verse three, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they have a church service and these fellows are being sent by the Holy Spirit of God. It's evidence in their life that they have Jesus in their in their heart and in their mouth and they've got the Word of God in their hand and they've got the Holy Spirit guiding them. And so the church, what they do is they put hands on them. Now you say, did that transfer power? No, it was a sign of affection. It's a sign of support. It's a sign of dedication to say, as the Lord has his hand on you, we will have our hand on you too. And so the church has a very important mission today. And it's not just to send money, but it's to send laborers. And it's not just to send laborers, it's to send our prayers. And to have that hand uh, involved in the ministry is such an important thing. These men knew as these fellows in this church and these leaders were laying hands on them, that they were literally physically touching them by saying, we are with you. We support you. We want what's best for you. And by the way, we're not going to let you go. We're not going to let you scrape your knees. We're going to faithfully support you and we're going to come visit you and we're going to write you and we're going to pray.
pray for you and we're going to be available for you and we're going to love on you and we are going to be your extended family, the commission. And that, friends, is what it's going to take to get Sergius Paulus. Are you having financial trouble at church? Can I tell you what you should do? By faith, take on another missionary. Take on uh, some more works. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. It'll put a fire in your preacher, a fire in your church. But I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll show Sergius Paulus that there is something going on in somebody's life and they'll want to get involved in it too. So it takes the connection. Number four, and this is verses 6 through 11, we see it took a challenge as well. The Bible says, And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the, uh, of the country, uh, Sergius Paulus. Here he is, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who uh, also was called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O oh, full of subtility and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Verse 11, the Bible says, And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. So what we have here is we see a gospel opportunity. We have a sinner, and we have a Christian who's filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Everything seems to be right on par. Everything seems to be what is going on. Everything seems to be working. But the problem is the devil does not like people getting saved. He's going to do everything that he can do. He's going to send out his legion of demons out there to try to destroy things. And so we have this fellow whose name is Elmas, the Bible says by interpretation, which is interesting because Elmas actually means, it translates, it actually means a wise man. And uh, that's the uh, Arabic name of Bar-Jesus. So he is a wise man. And so you have this sinner here who's interested in hearing from the man of God and interested in hearing the word of God. But we have a wise man who slips in between them and says, no, we don't have time for this. Uh, This is just some kind of fake news. This is just some kind of conspiracy theorist. This is just some kind of religious nut. This is just some kind of whatever. You're fine. Your work is fine. Your family's fine. Your future's fine. You don't need that. And friend, we are going to have absolute challenges that are going to come in our way to try to get us between reaching Sergius Paulus is in our life. And friends, it shows up in different ways. Sometimes it'll show up in a phone call. Sometimes it'll show up in a tragedy. Sometimes I believe it shows up in the White House and in politics. It'll even show up in the relationships between our family. Uh, I I really believe the devil will try to get you by getting to somebody close to you. And uh, there's challenges that come up. We have challenges that come up our way, uh, at least in my life, almost every single day. And the older I get, the better I'm a little bit aware of of the the devices of Satan. Paul said we're not ignorant of his devices. He says, man, he's been challenging us for a long time now. So we know he's up to no good, and we know that he's following us, and we know that he's trying to uh, do a lot of damage today. And so my point is this, there will be challenges for you to reach Sergius Paulus. But you know what it takes? It takes the church. It takes the calling. It takes the commission. And uh, it takes a challenge. Now, I, I just looked at my notes and realized I over uh, looked over one. There, There's something else in verse number five. 
uh, so let me back up to the to the fourth point here. It takes a connection. In verse 5, the Bible says, And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they'd also had John to their ministers. So there's a connection here, and that connection is the word to the world. And that's exactly what we need today. The world needs the word, the scripture, the very words of God. In the beginning, God uh, was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so Jesus is the light. Yes, but Jesus is the word. And so when the light becomes the word, the word will become light to people and it'll, their, light, their eyes will turn open. I've seen it happen. And even in recent days, me sharing the word of God, folks, it'll say, well, it's just the word. It's just an old text. It's just a book. It's just history. It's just religion. But God will use his word to illuminate, uh, to, to illuminate people. And so there's a connection there. And that was the uh, tradition of Paul, that when he would come into a city, he would first find the synagogue of the Jews. And that would be like we would call maybe the Jewish church. Uh, and they would make that connection there. That's people who are interested in religion. Those are people that had an understanding of God and of the Word of God. And uh, so we have this uh, principle here in the book of Acts that Paul would go to the synagogues first and kind of work his way out from there. So he's making connection with Jewish people, making a connection with the religious crowd, sharing the Word of God. So there's also a connection with the crowd with a concern here. You know, religious people, a lot of times, they actually have spiritual awareness, and they're concerned about their soul. They're thinking about uh, bigger things. They realize that when the thunder uh, storms come and the thunder rages, they're like, man, that's God. Those are the kind of people. So there's a crowd with the concern. There's the world that needs the word. So there's a connection there. And you have to make a connection with people, friend. Can I, can I tell you something that really helped me? I had a good Christian friend tell me this the other day. He was talking about these street preachers that'll get out and carry signs and yell about people dying and going to hell and trust Jesus. And uh, I've seen that. Maybe you've seen that too. But he said, you know, when I go fishing, I don't go out to the lake and take a paddleboard and slap the water to try to get fish on the line. He says it scares them off. It's too loud. It causes too many ripples. And it's ineffective. It doesn't work. He says, actually, what I try to do is I try to bait them. And so I'll put a lure on the line that'll be attractive to them. It'll be shiny to them. It may have the right scent. It'll look like something. And uh, I know that may sound to some that like we're trying to trick people, but that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to go into the highways and hedges and compel them or lure them to come in that my house may be full. And so we've got to make a connection with people, friends. You and I will reach more people creatively and we'll reach more people understanding where they are, understanding their life, understanding their sin. I'm not saying that we have to go to a bar and drink a beer to reach to drink an, uh, to reach an alcoholic, but I am saying that we've got to be creative and make a connection with somebody because if they think you're out there trying to sell something, they're going to hang up on you. If they think you're out there trying to get them, uh, get them in or try to trick them, they're going to think, man, they're just not in for the right thing. So there's got to be a connection, and the Word of God will get it done. The church to get Sergius Paulus, the calling to get Sergius Paulus, the commission to get Sergius Paulus, the connection to get Sergius Paulus, the challenge to get Sergius Paulus. And the last one here is the, the conversion. What did it take? Well, the Bible says, Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed. 
being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now, a big part of his astonishment here, of course, is what happens to the sorcerer. Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He is an apostle. He's got supernatural powers. There's a a big indication of that. There's no doubt about that. But here's a man, uh, Sergius Paulus, who is not a believer, and yet he sees the commitment of a Christian who has the Word of God, who has traveled across the sea to come to where he was to share something important. And this fellow said, you know what, my soul is worth looking into this. My life is worth looking into this. My eternal salvation is worth looking into this. And so what he sees challenges him. It astonishes him. And what was done caused him to believe. And friend, there was a lot of work that was put in for this one soul, but can I tell you it's worth it? I want to finish by telling you a story. Several years ago, I went to a Jubilee service at a church down in South Carolina called Gateway Baptist Church in Bowling Springs, South Carolina. A preacher friend of mine had invited me uh, to come to get some encouragement, some a lot of preaching. So my wife and I went down there, and we had our young daughter with us, and uh, it was a great encouraging time. And, and before the services in the evening, the men would separate themselves from the service, and we would go back to a Sunday school class, and there we would pray for the service. And I remember as a young man, a young married man, and um, I, I don't even know if I was a preacher then or not, to be honest with you, but uh, I remember going back there and I'm remembering uh, these men praying and just being fervent about desiring the the filling of the Holy Spirit of God, the moving of, the, of God and the singing and preaching of God's Word to stir up their lives and to stir people there. And, and of course, I'm praying and I'm being encouraged by all that, but there was something that I remember about when we were leaving, uh, the guy that was leading it, the pastor, uh, had just, after we had got done praying, we all got up and we started singing a hymn. And it was something that we all kind of know. I don't know if it was Amazing Grace or something. We're all singing that as we're coming back and we're all fired up and ready to go. But I looked on the wall and I saw a, uh, a board with a, a bunch of pictures and stuff on it. And it had this phrase that said, win them at any cost. And it had money signs all over that. And I thought at that time, I thought, man, that's not a really good saying because there's certain things we wouldn't want to do to try to win people. You know, you wouldn't want to uh, hurt your church's testimony or create a concert environment to try to reach people. You know, you, you're not going to reach people by being like them. You'll actually reach them being not like them. I mean, because why would you want to convert them to something that they already are? And uh, But the Lord spoke to me that night. I don't even remember what the message was, but I knew what they intended. They said this, that we need to spend our money and try to reach souls for Christ. And this is a church that actually lived that. The amount of money they put out for missions and for evangelism and for reaching souls in their community and in their state and in their country and around the world was absolutely phenomenal. And so I took that away that night that we need to try to see people for the value that they really are. They are not a person, they're a soul. They're a person that Jesus died for and God can save a surgeon. Paulus. We could look at Sergius Paulus and say, well, he's a, uh, he's a deputy. He's some kind of uh, fancy person. He's not interested in this. He's a Gentile. He's a non-believer. Uh, he's got a sorcerer that's got control over him. Uh, there's no way this man would get saved. But you know what? Thanks be unto God. There was a group of men who were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. They were led by the Holy Spirit of God. The church was praying for them, financially supported their endeavor, and they went out and preach the gospel, the whosoever gospel. They were great commission Baptists. I love that. 
And they were telling people how to get saved. And here's a man that when we would look at it from the eyes of flesh, says he probably don't want to hear nothing about it. He has no desire for that. But thanks be unto God, God had already been doing a work in his life. And according to our verse, the Bible says he believed. He got saved. So I want to thank you for listening today. Hope you have a great day. Until next time, may the Lord bless you. Hello, this is Pastor Ryan Hodges from the Rocky Face Baptist Church, and this is the Preacher's Recap. And uh, it's been a little while. It's been about two months since I've recorded uh, any of these podcasts on recaps, and uh, I want to apologize about that, but we've had such a busy month and summer uh, here at Rocky Face Baptist Church. God is doing some big things here. Our attendance is really growing. We've got a lot of things going, and, and I've been praising the Lord for that. So I don't want to apologize for the busyness, uh, but do certainly want to apologize for not recording uh, some uh, very important messages and some ideas and thoughts. And uh, today I was actually going through one of my old study Bibles. Um, one of the things that I love to do on my personal time is to study uh, premium Bibles, uh, specifically uh, rebinding Bibles. And it's an interest thing that I've taken some interest in, but I've got an old Bible that I uh, was my uh, Bible. I've mentioned it in other podcasts, but there is uh, there's some outlines that I want to share with you that I have never preached but I got this from an old preacher who's with the Lord now. His name was Dr. Lee Robertson, and uh, he pastored in Tennessee for many years, had a very, very large ministry. I believe it was Highland Park Baptist Church and uh, was uh, instrumental, had to believe it was the biggest church, Baptist church in America at one time. But uh, there's two messages that he shared that he preached a lot around the country. Uh, these outlines are on successful ministry endeavors. And uh, folks that wanted to grow their church uh, took some lessons from him. So I want to share those today, and I'm going to kind of give you some thoughts on that. But there's two things. I'm going to go through the first one first, and as any good preacher, amen, uh, it has a, it's alliterated here. So there's four things in this first part I want to share with you today. So again, these are successful ministry endeavors preached by Dr. Lee Robertson. Here's a recap. The first thing that he mentioned was vision. And specifically, that is for the unreached in your community, which would have an extension to the world. And so if you want to have a ministry that goes forward and grows, you must have a vision for the unreached. Now, a vision that is not worked on is simply a wish. And so what he meant by that is let's don't just talk about missions, let's do missions. And uh, our church, just this past week, uh, we did a backpack giveaway on Sunday night, and uh, we spent a lot of time praying. Uh, we got 50 backpacks donated to us, and several people from our church and different people in communities was actually donated some money to us. And uh, so we put a team together, and uh, they uh, we put a registration link on our website and our church app and really tried to market that, hey, we're giving away really, really good backpacks. Every backpack had a good quality Bible in it, and had all of their school supplies that they needed for their school and for their grade. And the week before, uh, we grabbed a hold of those backpacks and prayed that God would do a work. And uh, the reason that we did this was not just to provide a backpack and not just to give a Bible, not just to give a note from the pastor uh, or connection information. We really wanted to reach 
the unreached in our community. And uh, we had about, including our folks, about 200 people there that night. And I told the church last Wednesday, I said, man, we had kids jump in the pews, but they weren't even spirit-led. These kids were wild. I told a preacher today, I preached the shortest message I've ever preached because these kids just did not have the attention span. Many of them never even been in church before. And so if you want to have a successful ministry, you have got to have a vision. You've got to be willing to go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them that they may come in the house be fuel or be full. And I've got a lady in my church that says this, that's been a help to me. You know, new blood is new energy. And I believe she said fresh blood's fresh energy. And I completely agree with that. There's just something about having somebody visit your church. And so if the pastor has the oversight there, First Peter chapter 5, he's got to have the oversight. If he does not lead with vision, the church will not be successful. The second thing is vigor, uh, V-I-G-O-R. And uh, that's a successful ministry endeavor here. What vigor is, is enthusiasm, life, and pep. You have to have energy and fire in your ministry. You know, just this uh, bless me if you can attitude is not going to do something. But listen, uh, I believe it was Wesley that said that if, you, uh, if you're on fire, people from all around will drive or walk miles to watch you burn. I'm telling you, successful ministry leaders are enthusiastic leaders. They're full of life. They're full of pep. They're excited about what God has done in their life, what God is doing in their ministry. They're not, listen, these people don't get hung up on the used to's or that used to be or the old fashioned. Listen, they're not excited about what God did for Paul Paul. They're excited about what God is doing for me. And so vision, vigor. And then this, notice this. He said this, and this is back in the 60s and 70s that he said this. He said variety. He said that we need to change our pace of our work and get out and do some things to hold people's interest. I'm learning in ministry that ruts and routines are very deep within the Baptist churches. And it's very easy for us to get stuck into, you know, the three points, the poem and a prayer kind of preaching. But the pastor, especially ministry leaders, Sunday school workers need to have variety, change things up. Listen, you can change things without being a compromiser. Listen, you can enjoy the things of church uh, without things being stale. So uh, use illustrations, change things up, move services around. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing in the Bible that says that you can't move Sunday school to another time or you can't change Sunday school to a life group. I know that people will call you uh, a compromiser, but you know what? We're not doing what we're doing for other people. I like what D.L. Moody said when someone didn't like the way he did evangelism. He said, I like the way that I'm doing evangelism better than the way that you're not doing evangelism. And the cheapest boos, listen, or excuse me, the loudest boos always come from the cheapest seats. Variety, variety, variety. Keep things fresh. We'll be successful in ministry. The fourth thing he preached in his first message was visitation. Uh, Dr. Lee Robertson was a very big fan of the house-to-house evangelistic approach. Uh, you know, the Bible says that Jesus sent them out two by twos, and uh, one said that so one would preach and the one would pray. One said that one would walk and one would divert attention. And uh, he said the best way to build a church is to get out, especially house to house. Now, uh, I can personally say I've been involved in door-to-door uh, -door soul winning. We call it soul winning. You don't do as much soul winning as you do canvassing. Uh, it is very effective in ensuring folks in your area get the gospel, know that your church is there, 
Uh, but with, with things like COVID and uh, the world that we're living in and my area being in a rural area and, wild, and dogs and things like that, uh, it might work in certain ways. It certainly works as far as getting the gospel out there. But I think the key is is visitation. It is connecting with people, letting people know that your church is there. You should have a social media presence. You should have a web presence. Uh, you should have uh, the connection to the community events. We were talking with a lady in church just a few days ago about our, our annual Apple Festival and being able to get there. They said that 40,000 people pass through uh, on average through our uh, for our festival. And folks, if you want to have a successful ministry, you got to be where people are and uh, be at the festivals, be at the community events, be at the ball games, let people know you are there. I'm currently wearing a t-shirt that says Rocky Face Baptist Church on it. It has our church logo on it. Somebody made a comment about the other day and said, uh, I was wearing a shirt that said, that had our church. They said, man, I really like your logo. And so it was really neat to be able to shoot visitation out to them. So successful ministry endeavors from a preacher who's gone on. It worked for him. No doubt it could work for us. Vision, vigor, variety, and visitation. So let me give you another one here. There's another message that he preached on successful ministry endeavors. And the simple I, uh, excuse me, outline is this. Very simple. I'll explain a little bit to it. Pray, plan, promote. You said, preacher, that's too, too simple. Well, that's where, I, that's where I live in is the simplicity. Pray, plan, and promote. I believe that for successful ministry principles and ministry or an outreach should always start in prayer. Now, it is, uh, I believe with, with me, that when we start a ministry or we have an outreach, it's usually the Lord puts it on my heart first. And I know it's the Lord because I'm not geared towards that thing. But if God puts a, a specific ministry or an outreach or something, He puts it on my heart. And so it starts with the Lord. Well, then I'll start praying about it. Lord, do you, is this... Is this what you want us to do? Lord, how would you want us to go about it? Is this something you want me to lead? Is it something you want me to delegate? Uh, Lord, how, how many people should we pray for? Because when we have an event, I pray specifically for how many people. And I'll just ask God. Now, now listen, does it always come out that way? No. Uh, but I do pray for that. I pray that the Lord would send forth uh, folks to come visit that we could outreach to. Uh, we're working on the very beginning of an event that we're going to do this fall. We're calling it a community outreach event. We're doing it in an October Saturday, and uh, we're going to have a cornhole tournament for the community. We're going to have a registration process. We're going to have social media blast. Uh, we're going to have inflatables. We've got four inflatables that we're going to rent. Uh, we're going to have an outdoor movie projector. We're going to be playing a Christian film, doing a cookout. We're trying to make it a really big event. And what I'm doing is I'm praying, God, would you... Uh, do a work in somebody's heart and life. God, would you uh, do something, bless uh, through this event. I'd be praying that God would do a work in our people's hearts, you know, that we'd have volunteers that want to serve God and want to do something. And uh, it's a praying kind of thing. But you can't just pray about it. you got to plan it. And uh, something that I see a lot of times in ministries and churches is that sometimes we'll announce something and then we just kind of leave it and just say, well, let God give the increase. We're, it's His work and you know He'll do it. He does the draw and all that. Uh, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with planning. We need to do a better job in Baptist churches of planning events, planning outreaches, planning programs. And uh, part of that planning process is, of course, the, the uh, pr praying part. 
But part of the planning is doing your research, getting online, contacting other churches, speaking to mentors, uh, reaching out to groups that's done something like that before. Listen, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's people out there that's probably already done it. Paul or Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Somebody's probably tried it before. So go online, join some Facebook groups, reach out, try to figure out and do your homework and plan efficiently. And I'll tell you this too, something I'm learning, especially more here recent days, is uh, you're probably not the best person for the job. God has brought people to your church who are going to be equipped to do a work uh, that God is going to prepare for them to do that. So part of that planning process is to say, who can I delegate this to? Who can I give this work to? It might be designing a flyer. It might be uh, uh, doing some organizational work. It might be doing some uh, creative planning. I, we had an outreach recently uh, where I kind of just gave somebody uh, all authority to go out and, and, and create and figure out. And this person come back and they had gift cards from Chick-fil-A. They had uh, free things from another group. They had done a, a grant for uh, Walmart. Walmart given 250 bucks as long as you buy the supplies there. And uh, we had another person donate uh, $3,000 for an event. And I promise you, friend, if I would have went out there and tried to do that work, I would have never, ever come close to that. But if you put the right people in place and you allow them and you've got to trust them to do the job, uh, they'll do they'll do that work. So planning uh, precedes productivity and uh, we've got to be a planner. So that's what Lee Robertson said as well. But the third thing is, is he says promote. And uh, man, so many big ways to promote things now. Uh, you've got the social media, you've got uh, advertising, marketing. Uh, the I still believe that the best way of promotion is a clean Christian life and uh, get your people to talk about things, talk about the ministry, talk about this. We're in the very middle or beginning, not beginning, but the very middle towards the end stages of redoing our Sunday school. And uh, currently at our church, we're going into Answers in Genesis. It's a four-year through the Bible, chronologically, apologetics-based ministry that we're going to be using. And one of the things that our church has done is we've done a heavy investment. We've spent over $3,000 in buying television screens so that we could actually use technology in helping transfer information to our students. And uh, you probably know this, that people my age and younger, man, we... Your visual, audio, or hands-on learner. Well, what if we can teach the Bible in a way that's both visually and audibly and even hands-on approach? And so our church is taking a real big uh, plan in that. So what I'm doing is I'm promoting that. I'm telling everybody. I'm telling you right now, in case you don't go to our church, uh, that, man, this is what we're doing. And we're promoting this thing. And it's not about us. It's about the Lord and being good stewards of the resources He's given us and trying to make... Uh, church uh, interesting and making the Bible exciting. And uh, part of that is just leveraging what we have and promote that thing. Get it out there behind the pulpit. Put it in the bulletin. Put it on the bulletin wall. Uh, put it on your church app. Send an email. Write a letter. Put it in the paper. Uh, call whoever. Let folks know what is happening. And so he called that pray, plan, and promote. And under this topic of plan, uh or excuse me, pray, plan, and promote. There was one other thing that he would say, uh, that he would preach another message like this, uh, Dr. Lee Robertson, and he would say this, vision will lead to determination, 
determination will lead to crucifixion. Crucifixion will lead to com- compassion, and compassion will, li- uh, will end to a result in visitation. And so, what he meant by that is. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Uh, I've always said Lee Robertson said that. I've heard other people quote it without quoting him. I'm not really sure who originated that. But the fact of the matter is this. The oil ran down the beard of Aaron in the Bible, but it started from the top. And so I believe things run effectively from the pastor down, okay? And so that's got to be vision. The pastor must have a vision. He must share a vision. He must live out the vision. He must ensure the vision is followed through. There will result a determination from him that will allow to them of getting it done. And a crucifixion is not talking about people dying, but it's talking about being willing to let go of some things to get a hold of some things. We were at a youth camp recently, and we were in a competition of um, our church against another church of doing uh, the old-fashioned tug of war. And you know the big rope, and there's a knot in the middle. And they had a big swimming pool, a kiddie pool in the middle. And we sized up the team across us, and we thought, man, we're going to kill them. And I looked at us, and we had some pretty big guys. It was about all guys, and their team had half girls and half guys. And I said, man, in my mind, I said, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put them in the kiddie pool. And, uh, man, we said one, two, three, we pulled. And, unfortunately, that team jerked every one of us down towards the swimming pool. And, man, we were just, uh, we were not determined. But uh, you've got to be willing to let go of some things. You know, listen, if Jesus didn't die for you, you'd never be able to live for him. And uh, some things, if it's not working, you've got to be willing to let it go. Uh, you know, sometimes we've been doing the same thing for 50 years or 100 years. Listen, if it's not in the Bible and God's given, given you some a burden to do something different, hey, go do it. Listen, I, I might shock some of you here, but Sunday school is not in the Bible. I thank God for Sunday school. I'm still doing Sunday school. I'm going to do Sunday school. But my point is this. Just because you grew up di- doing it doesn't mean it's something that you have to do. You might have to die to that, but have compassion about the ministry and about reaching people. Listen, it's still about sharing the gospel, getting people saved, baptizing them, them joining the church, getting plugged in, discipled in the ministry, and growing in their faith, serving God, being a part of the body of Christ. The pastor has got to share that, and he's got to have compassion about that, and visitation still the key. Listen, if God is at work, you and I will be at work. And that's the key today uh, to that. So again, these are some outlines preached by Dr. Lee Robertson on successful ministry endeavors. You know, Brother Robertson's with the Lord. You can read books about him. I've read several books. I've done a study on his life. But I'll tell you what's left over is absolutely sad. Dr. Lee Robertson did a tremendous job of, uh, of building a church, building a college, Temple University, uh, but I'll tell you, it's just about, I think it's about closed. Everything's been closed there. And somebody did not take and carry the baton. And so that'd be one thing I'd add today in the ministry ex- uh, endeavors. One thing I'd add to a sermon uh, is to, is to yes, serve God while it's day, work while it's day, do all these. 
but part of that is preparing to leave a legacy by training people to replace you because you're not always going to be there. I'm not going to always be there. You need to have a contingency plan and you need to equip people and give them the opportunity to learn and serve and to grow so that they can take the mission on whenever the Lord takes you on. Well, again, I want to thank you for listening to the Preacher's Recap today. And uh, I thank you so much for listening. And if you don't have a church family uh, we, and you're in the Hidden Out North Carolina area, we would love for you to come visit us. God's at work. We'd love to have you come visit with us sometime. Uh, we've got Sunday school at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings, morning worship at 11. We meet back Sunday evening at 6 p.m. And we have a midweek Bible study on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. And uh, we've got things happening all the time. We'd love for you to check us out. Give us a try. And uh, we've got a church app. If you want to go on and download that, check us out. Our website's been recently updated. And until next time, friend, I want to thank you again. Hope you have a blessed day. And may God bless you is my prayer.